Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I like it just the way it is. It's not a trail. It's an idea. I love all the variations. It's not the JMT. It's an individual experience and a way to get your butt kicked. That's what the desert is for. Mike Coronella, creator of the Hey Duke Trail. You know, so I come from a very strong distance background, running, Ironman triathlon, all that. So. I am interested in, um, especially now as a thru-hiker, I'm interested in the Barkley, but I'll be honest, man, I'm kind of scared of it. I think you should be. You I, I, I think you are, I think you're correct. Yeah. You should be. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not fun. That's type four. Okay. <laughs> type type four fun. We're coming up with type four fun now. That's like, I'm embarrassed to say I even tried to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe uh, at some point I'll, I'll try it. But, I mean, I've, I've watched the Netflix video yeah. and... That was big a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, we, we just stumbled upon the the episode title. Really? Yeah, it is. It's Ginger Balls mm-hmm. and Type Four Fun. There you go. There I you like go. it. All right, <laughs> well, that's the one we really don't talk about. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. All right, welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc. This is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. I love that. <laughs> All right, on to this week's content. This week, we are catching up with a fan favorite and one of our very best guests from the past, Triple Crowner Ginger Balls, who is fresh off the Hayduke Trail. Welcome back to the pod, GBs. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate it, man. How you it's doing? It's good to meet you in person. Yeah, same yeah. here. Yeah, we have to do a little, uh, little explanation. We're doing this interview in person in Southern California. 
Ginger Balls is in town, fairly close to my locale, and we decided to meet up for a quick bite to eat and a drink, and we're now sitting outside where the restaurant where we ate and uh, having a good time. So good, nice. good to meet you in person. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Same here, Doc. Absolutely. So, Ginger Balls, a notable change since the last time you were on. We picked up a sponsor, Outdoor Vitals. They now sponsor our Must Bring Gear segment, which I know you participated in the last time you were on the pod. In that episode, you talked about the importance of bringing a solid tent, which in your case was the Z-Pax Duplex. Right. I'm curious to hear if your choice has changed after being out on the Hayduke Trail. So, I'll just back up a little bit. So, I said tent, and what I meant was shelter, like because not everybody wants a tent. Um, and I love that Z-Pax Duplex, really did. Um, but because I was hiking in the desert, and I wasn't always going to be able to stake my tent in, I went with a uh, Big Agnes Tiger Wall platinum for this one just i need a freestanding tent so if i couldn't get the stakes in my body weight was going to keep that tent down so i changed up on that this year um still have that z-pax tent love it it's just i needed a, a freestanding tent for this year but um for must-have gear i, I kind of want to talk about a company i've been involved with for a couple years they don't pay me so this is unsolicited um but appalachian gear company um, App Gear Co., which this hoodie is uh, App Gear Co. They make hoodies, beanies, buffs, mm-hmm. liners, you know, all kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's alpaca, and it's 100% alpaca. It's not mixed with any microplastics. It's uh, from Peru. The hair comes from Peru. They cut and sew in, in North Carolina, and then they send it out. Um, now, everybody's going to complain that, yeah, you can't get any, but just be patient. They've expanded their operation, and uh, pretty soon it's going to be much easier to get. I hear, that's the complaint I hear. Nobody mm-hmm. can get a hoodie, um, and this is their uh, Brindle hoodie. Love it. Just yeah. hiked the entire Hey Duke on it. I don't have any holes in it. Um, very strong, sturdy, but also like it keeps the stink down. Mm-hmm. You know, I wear I wear an Abgear Co. short sleeve. I wear this, you know, when it gets cold, and um, just that natural fiber, man. I. I think I don't sting. Maybe I do, but I haven't. I haven't smelled anything, so I'm not well, with that. I've had showers. Since okay. I got off trail, so, <laughs> Thank yeah. you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a question. So, in the winter, which animal is warmer, the sheep or the alpaca? Which one? Which one has less teeth chattering? I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> is, is alpaca? I mean, you said this is alpaca. Yeah, yeah. And so, oh. a typical wool is made from sheep's wool, right? Okay, so, so. Let, me, let me tell you a story on how I got involved with uh, John Gage and App Gear Co. Okay. So, I was at Trail Days 2018 on the AT, noob hiker. I had a merino wool short sleeve, had holes all in it at Trail Days. And I'm like, he's got these t shirts. And I'm like, is your shit any better than this? He goes, I guarantee it. I'm like, what holds you to that? So I bought one from him, and I just kept updating him and sending pictures. I'm like, you're no shit. Yeah, this is good. So I wore that T-shirt for 1,600 miles. And I was his first, like, wear tester that he didn't ask me to be a wear tester. I just did it and just kept giving him feedback. And we just developed a relationship through that. And then the next year, he asked me to test out something else. And so, like, I've kind of been testing out some of his stuff. And um, I don't have anything negative to say about any of it. It's that good. Okay. So Anybody wants must bring gear, buy yourself some App Gear Coast stuff. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And I'm it's Appalachian, not Appalachian. I like to say Appalachian. Appalachian. Okay. It's Appalachian Gear Company. I made that mistake many times. But, okay. Yeah. okay. All right. <clears throat> so you were you were back <clears throat> you were back on the pod, uh, season two, episode five. So it's been a little bit since you've okay. been on yeah. the pod. 
Um, what have you been up to? Or actually, before we get to what you've been up to, is there anything from that uh, that episode that you were on with us that you, that you want to revisit? Any uh, any anything you left off that I know when I leave a, maybe a job interview or uh, an opportunity I have to ask questions, I always find myself on the way home going, "Oh man, I should have I should have talked about this or I should have so, asked this." So. so first of all, I think I drank too much on that one. Like even my <laughs> friends that know me, they're like, "Man, towards the end you're kind of hammered, not drinking right now." So. Um, so maybe I'd like to bring that back a little bit, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. There's no, no problem there. But um, when you asked me about the five best things about the PCT, I think the one thing I left off is after I finished, I had to come back and do those miles in the Sierra. And my daughter came and joined me. We did um, 45 miles. We did Cottonwood Pass, uh, went into the backside of that Sierra, and then came up Whitney and did a, uh, a sunrise summit on Whitney. Yeah. And blew her mind. I just remember her telling me, like, Dad, thank you for taking me out of my comfort zone. But, I mean, you know, you're on that little tiny trail going up Whitney in the dark. We have headlamps, but, I mean, that's, I mean, you look down here. Right. For somebody that's not used to it. Right. Um, summited, then we went back down, then she went home, and I went and fin- finished my portion of the PCT. But, yeah, I think that's a, uh, that's a huge thing that I left off is just, that was very special for us. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd have to talk to her and ask her what she thinks about it now. But I, I don't know she thought it was cool. So. Yeah. Well, I, I know firsthand, being, being out there with your kid can create some very special memories. Yeah. And it's a mom, it's moments like that that uh, really stick with you. Yeah. And it is funny because all my posts, I, I like, you know, took the noob out for a 45-day hike. And she's got a, uh, uh, what's, what's the pack? Um, anyway, a, a very high-end pack. And mm-hmm. people are coming like, that's not a noob. That pack's, like, legit. I'm like, hey, it's mine. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I let her borrow it. Um, but yeah, no, that was something I felt like I should have mentioned just because it was mm-hmm. a definite highlight of the PCT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think when we when we left off with you uh, last time, you were in Colorado. Yep. You were doing some uh, some guiding, some some snowboard uh, instruction, right. and some relaxation in, in yeah. Colorado. How, how did yeah. that go? How did that season end up? And um, ended up really well. I mean, all I did was work. I mean, COVID kind of shut a lot of that valley down. They mm. took it real strict. So the bars weren't open, you know, restaurants weren't really open. So I just worked, um, a lot and, um, kind of had like three jobs and that was fine. Um, bought a, all the stuff I needed for the hike I just completed mm-hmm. and, you know, mailed it out. And, um, but towards the end I caught COVID. Um, which surprised me. Um, and I kind of know where I got it. I mean, it was, it was some guests mm-hmm. that I was teaching four days in a row all day long. And then they started getting sick towards the end. They're, they weren't from that area. And um, I thought I just wore them out teaching them to ski. Um, but it turns out I think we all just got COVID. Yeah. And then so I was in quarantine for, well, you're supposed to be in quarantine for 10. I think I was in for 12 or 14 because it got me a little bit more than I thought it was going to yeah. and then I left straight from there straight to the trail so I was a little weaker a little, little thinner um, you know because I couldn't eat that was the thing COVID did to me is I couldn't eat um, you know I didn't have the loss of taste or the loss of smell it was I lost my appetite and for me that's that's a big deal I love to eat mm-hmm. like this is what we just ate was like my seventh meal of the day so and I'm still thinking like what I'm gonna do after this I'm post trail hunger right now um, so post trail turns you into a hobbit where there's like seven or eight meals a day yeah yeah oh and like what do you want yeah my daughter's like what do you want to eat I'm like yeah let's go you know, so um, 
Yeah, I definitely need to put on some weight. I lost a lot of weight on this trail. It was that difficult, yeah. and I think it just really wore me out. Um, so, yeah, now I'm just trying to eat. Yeah, and so you were getting ready for the Hey Duke Trail, which yep. is an 800-mile trail through Utah and Arizona, I believe, through yeah. six national parks, and it's no joke. I mean, it is it is a seriously difficult so, trail. This is not the time to get COVID no. and and lose weight and feel poorly. <laughs> no, I mean, no. you're, you're, you're up for, you're, you're coming up on a, a challenge of a lifetime here. So I got to tell you, Doc, everybody asks me, how was the trail or how is that trail? And I say it's hard, capital H-A-R-D. It's just hard. That's the only way to describe it. Um, and it's hard in, in a lot of different ways than any other trail. Like maybe not as much physically as in you're climbing up to 14,000 and down. So not that type of physical. Um, there's no trail in a lot part of it. All the information out there is very vague. And I think it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe 10 people hike it a year. And it's because the information's vague. And then the information you do have, you try to follow this trail that's not there. Mm -hmm. Um, The only time you have a trail is when you're in the national parks. Then you have like, oh, I'm making miles. Before that, it's like, I don't know if I'm in the right area. And that's why it's called Figure It Out on the Hey Duke. You know, there's a documentary out called Figure It Out on the Hey Duke. And I I say that's a perfect uh, statement for that trail. The whole thing's figured out. And you get... I would get super frustrated, not being able to figure it out. I'm wasting my, I'm not making my miles. Mm-hmm. But then I'd be like, all right, calm down, deep breath, figure it out. And I, then I felt really good after I figured out. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm kind of a badass. All right, I just figured that out. Maybe not, but it's just like, it, it's just a very unique trail in that respect, and um, very challenging. Right. With, with so so little information out there about it, it kind of builds the mystique it does. around the trail, right? Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I'm not a fear monger. Like back on the PCT, we talked about this going into the Sierra, biggest snow year. Everyone's saying, "Don't go in, you're gonna die." You know, and I'm like, "All right, fear monger." So I'm not a fear monger, but I just gotta say, if anybody wants to do the, the Hey Duke, um, I just want to say, hey, be careful. Because it's a whole different trail, animal, every, it's just very different. And um, mm-hmm. you get yourself in a lot of situations where you may not kill yourself from a fall, but you may lay there for three days before they come in and get you. Mm-hmm. Even if you clack off your, you know, your in-reach or whatever you have, right. just the way they're going to have to come in and find you, get you, get you out, it's going to be a long process. And I thought about that all the time. I'd be in some situation like, man, if I mess this up, this is not gonna be a fun three days for me, you know. So yeah. um, that's the one thing I'd say I tell everybody: just if you're gonna do it, just be very careful and watch every step you take. Right. Yeah. Now, Jeeves, you've got thousands of miles mm-hmm. under your feet on the trail. You're, you're a triple crowner. Yep. You did all three long trails. Um, some of the things you complained about on on the <laughs> long trails, uh, would you complain about those same things no. today after no. going through the Hey Duke? No, even like last year on the uh, the CDT, I'd be like, "Oh, this is just isn't marked good enough." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm complaining like, like I'm a spoiled teenager. Like, no one's showing me the way. You get none of that on the Hey Duke. I mean, zero because there's no trail commission. There's there's no these guys just put together this route through um, Utah. You go down from Arches. You go down through all the parks into the Grand Canyon, which is its own special beast, and then up to Zion. And there's zero trail markers. There's no there's no blazes. There's no signage. 
you might be on it, you might not be. Mm-hmm. And so part of it becomes built, make your own adventure. So, yeah, and even on this CDT, you know, I'm like, this is not, I mean, I'm using the AT. You can't get lost. There's a blaze everywhere. Right. And then the CD is like, well, they didn't tell me I was supposed to turn there, whoever, whoever they is. On the Hey Duke, there's no they. Like, it's a whole there's different... Not e- there's not even a they. <laughs> there's not even a they. It's you, and you've got to figure it out. And it's uh, So it's a whole new, unique challenge. And I, um, Yeah, and I, I love that part of it. It was just like... I didn't love it at the time. Because, right. like I said, I'd get frustrated. Like, hey, this sucks. What am I doing out here? And then I'd yeah. be like, all right, slow down. Because, you know, I, I like to make big miles every day. And then if I don't make those big miles, I'm like, what happened? But on the Hey Duke, there was days I made 12 miles, and I hiked from 6 in the morning until 8 o'clock at night. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's either getting, I don't want to say get lost, because I was never lost. I always knew where I was, but also knew I wasn't on the trail. So I'm like, okay, I'm not on the trail. i got to go back. i got to figure out how to get down. Because it's a lot of this elevation stuff you're not thinking about. You know, normally you just have a trail, and you're going up and down. Well, here you've got all these canyons. Now, is the trail on the rim of the canyon or is the trail at the bottom of the canyon? Mm-hmm. It's always at the bottom. Just so you know, it's always at the <laughs> it's bottom. It's always the at the bottom. Okay. So you got to figure out how to climb down there. Then it's like fairly, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's its easier uh-huh. until you start cliffing out on all these, uh, you know, how water will run down and create a canyon. Right. Well, then it cliffs out. It could be a five foot cliff that you just kind of monkey down. It could be a 15. There's one on the trail that's 100, I think it's 150 feet. Like you walk up to it. And you just look down, and it looks impossible how you're going to get down. There's a route. It's sketchy. It's all shale, and you're sliding and all this. But that's how you get around that one. I think it's called the Impassable Canyon or Impassable something. But um, you just do that almost every damn day. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating until you figure it out, and you're like, all right. I like yeah. Ginger yeah. Balls, that sounds like a lot of Type 2 fun. Are you familiar with the different types of fun? So I learned it from your podcast. And I don't remember who your guest was. I think it was a guy from uh, uh, Vitals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taysen Whitaker from Outdoor Vitals. Outdoor Vitals, yeah. that guy. So he explained that type three. And I had a thought about that when I was listening. I was like... Well, type, just for our listeners who may, may, may not have listened to go. that. So type one fun is, is fun that you enjoy while you're doing it. And you don't really talk about it afterwards. Type two fun is you don't enjoy it when it's happening, but you spend a lot of time talking about yes. it. Yes, you know, it's good story material. Right. Type three fun, which I will I will debate <coughs> whether or not it's actually fun because type three fun, he said, is you know you don't have fun ta- you don't have fun doing it, and you don't have fun talking about it afterwards. So I'm not sure where the fun is. So so what I thought when I was listening to that, so I was on the Hey Duke as I'm listening to that podcast. <laughs> I, I do listen to podcasts while I'm hiking a lot of times, and um, what I thought was type three is where the good stories come out of though. Like, you may not enjoy it. Maybe you don't want to talk about it, but that's the stories you tell. The Hey Duke is a lot of type two and type three. Okay. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. So. No, very good. Now, when you, you, became, you became a triple crowner, you did the, the uh, AT and then the PCT and the CDT. And I'm glad you brought up the CDT when you're talking about the Hey Duke because I remember when I talked to you before... <laughs> You said that if you had started on the CDT, you might you might have said, "What the hell is this? Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to do this." Because it was just basically wayfinding in yeah. New Mexico. There's right. not not a clearly marked path. That's true. And so, in terms of New Mexico CDT and the Hey Duke Trail, are they comparable, or is Hey Duke even harder than than New Mexico? You know, I, I don't want to oversell the Hey Duke. Yeah. Um, and then there's parts of it that aren't aren't hard, aren't difficult. Mm-hmm. But the the difficult parts are really 
really difficult. Okay. Um, and then knowing what I know now, I mean, I'll, I'll walk through that desert in New Mexico, no pro- not no problem, but the thing is, though, in New Mexico, there's a lot of rattlesnakes. I saw zero rattlesnakes on this entire trail, and I saw very few animals. The CDT's got a lot of uh, big, big animals. Mm-hmm. Very few, a lot, not a lot of wildlife on this trail. Um, and I think it's just because nothing can live out there except for a few things that want to kill you and sharp stuff. That's it. Like, there's just not a lot that can survive. And I think there's a big drought right now. Um, so that probably contributes to it. And the animals probably went where there's water. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely surprised at the uh, how little animals I saw on the trail. Mm-hmm. And the only snakes I saw were, like, king snakes and garters and nothing poisonous. I didn't right. see one poisonous snake on this entire trail. Okay. Yeah. Surprising. Very, yeah. Yeah. So you did the Triple Crown. Yep. And when, when after you finished the CDT, at what point did you say, you know what, the next adventure should be the Hey Duke? All right. So this is a good story. So I decided I was going to work this summer. And I'm not going to mention the company. I should, but I'm not going to. And I applied for a job to be a whitewater raft guide. And um, I had to pay $500 of my own money for the training with no guarantee of employment. I had to pay $500 for gear, no guarantee of employment. I had to go through a month long of training, living in a tent on property, and not making hardly any money. But I was like, I, I want to be a whitewater, I've never done it. I want to be a whitewater ref guy. Mm-hmm. So the lady calls me, she's laughing on the job. She goes, This isn't my not normal job interview. Like, what the hell? What are you doing? And I'm like, I've just never done it. I want to do this. And she goes, What about the cash outlay? I'm like, Okay, good, got it. Sleep in a tent, got it. Like, in the water, I'm going to smoke all these kids you're going to hire. Like, let's go. And she's like, okay. A month later, she calls me and leaves me a voicemail and says, we're not hiring you because uh, you don't fit within traditional hiring practices. I'm old. That's all, that's all that was. That's, that's, that was that's, that's legal language to avoid uh, so, an age, an age dude, discrimination lawsuit. It, it spun me up a little bit. I bet. I, I got a little fire. I'm a ginger. I got a little, I was a little <laughs> fucking spicy on that. And, it, you know, and everybody's like, dude, you just go the one down the street and they're going to hire you. I'm like, nope. I'm going to go hike. And so I, I chose the Hey Duke. Yeah. Like, punish myself, I guess. I don't know, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I couldn't believe that they, one, it hurts when you get turned down for a job. Sure. But then when you're going to base it on some arbitrary thing, you've never met me, don't know my, my abilities. But, um, yeah, so if, they're not listening to this, but I'm, I'm not going to drop their name. I'll leave it out. Okay. Yeah, All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take take the, the, I'm going to take the high road. Taking the high road. I'm taking the high trail on that one. But, uh, yeah, just... Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. So that's how I chose the Hey Duke. Yeah. So one door closes and another door opens, and right. this door happens to open onto the hellish landscape that is the Hey Duke I Trail. I know. And I plan I plan more for this one than any because I think we talked last time that I kind of like the fact that my whole life in the military and all that was all planning. I always knew where I was going to be five years from now, and so I purposely didn't really plan a lot for trails. Well, this one I dug a little deep. And I started uh, planning a lot more. Um, still mess some things up, man. First day on trail, I, I didn't bring wipes. I didn't bring my cell phone charger. And like two or three just b- basic things. I'm like, I'm a fucking rookie here, right? <laughs> I mean, it was fine. I survived. But I was so focused on the trail and, you know, drops and having everything that when I started, because the first 
two days you're in Moab. Yeah. So that, that, it's a fun yeah. trail. Now, so, hang, hang on a second, right, Jeebs. I, go I, I, I have to go back right, because back I remember I remember when we were talking about you showing up to the AT. You showed up with a yeah, yeah. 60, pound, 60 pound pack oh, yeah. uh, with three of everything yep. because, you know, if the first one failed, you had two left, and yeah, the second yeah. one failed, you're still good. And now this is a far cry. I mean, how you have evolved as a hiker. Now you're starting out at the hay, at the, the start of the Hay Duke, and you, you've left behind some some so, important pieces so of gear. I want I want to tell you the funny story. I, I think it's because I was so focused on just teaching snowboard and ski, then the COVID thing, and then um, I was like, I just get 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 out on the trail. And so I took a train, Amtrak from uh, Winter Park to. Um, Fruta, Colorado. Yeah. It's the closest to. I know. To the trail. I know Fruta. I've got a story about yeah, Fruta. Fruta's, it's kind of a neat town. I yeah. liked it. Um, that little pizza place. Um, I remember what it was called. It's something tomato. Um, but someone I'd worked with before. She's like, I'm on my way to Arches to go camping. Do you need a ride? I'm like, Yeah. So she picked me up and dropped me off at the at the edge of Arches, and then she went and camped with her friends. Hey, Mac. A little shout out. Thank you for that ride. But um, on the way out, she's like, so she's just very curious. She's like, how do you wipe your ass? Like all these questions. And I'm like telling her and telling her. She drops me off and I'm like, I don't have any wipes or toilet paper. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like just, I don't know. It was just, it's that change, that big change. I just wasn't ready for it 100%. And even, I'm real good when I set up my tent. Inside my tent, I know where everything is. In the dark. I can grab my headlamp. I can grab water. I, I just, it's all in the same place every time. It took me about five days to kind of get back into that rhythm. And I think that's that through hiking rhythm. Yeah. I just, man, that first like couple days, I just didn't have it. So did Max phone call and offer to, to give you a ride to to uh, Arches? Mm -hmm. Did that kind of catch you off guard and throw you off your game a little bit? No, no. No? That was okay. cool. No, right. I mean, I was like, I was getting, I was going to either hitchhike or whatever. She's going that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of fun to run into her again. I'd worked with her before and then she gave me a ride. And she was like very like into the whole thing, like really asked, before she'd never asked me a lot of questions. This time she's just like, so she's going to do a through hike at some point okay. in her view. I, I can see that. But she's, she's getting it straight she, in her head. She was yeah. asking me all these questions. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it might take you 40 years. You might have to go have a career and whatever. But, you know, at some point, I just see her coming back and doing it. Yeah. Now, um, Jeeves, I've got a game changer for you. Uh -oh. I've had a couple of guests come on. And just during our conversations, the subject of the portable bidet mm -hmm. has come up. Have you heard about this? No. So portable it, bidet? You know what a bidet is? Yeah, but yeah. I don't know what a portable is. Yeah, a water so bottle? It's it is an attachment. <laughs> it's an attachment that goes on your water bottle and you know you can go paper or wipe free. I mean you just, I kinda you just, like just using a bidet. Because I, I hike everything out. Yeah. So if I don't have to hike out those wipes and toilet paper, right? I like that. Because I am really against burying that stuff. Because when you get thousands of hike the AT, there's some parts, it's there's a lot of uh, what do they call them? The little rosebuds come up. Mm -hmm. I mean they're toilet paper rosebuds. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, not too attractive. No, it's not. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. I um, did a little trail angeling in Agua Dulce yeah. a couple weeks back, and Nomelli, PCT hiker, uh, he spun the, the Wheel of Wilderness, the John Muir Trail, okay. uh, John Freaking Muir Pod's Wheel of Wilderness, and it landed on gear. Right. And his, his must, must bring piece of gear so, was the bidet. So, someone's hiking the PCT, and I apologize, I don't, I don't know your name, um, uh, waste free. The entire. PCT waste free, and I, it's got to be somebody using. You'd have to use a bidet yeah. for that. Is it Panda? No, I don't know. 
I don't okay. know. I, I follow them, and I saw it's yeah. you know. But somebody's hike attempting to hike waste free, which is yeah. I'd I, love I, to hear about. I interviewed Panda before she left for her first PCT hike, and she I think she talked a little bit about trying to go waste free. Uh, she gave us an update from the trail. She's picked up a trail name. She's now known as Tinkle. Okay. Tinkle. Nice. Yeah. We'll let her come onto your podcast and explain <laughs> That's how right. she got that. That's right. It, maybe it's bidet related. So, I don't know. So I'm very aware of how much waste I generate. And mm. it's not a lot. But because I carry everything out. And then if you're out there for five to seven days, that's just weight you're carrying. So anytime I run into somebody that's like out day hiking, I'm like, hey, can you take my trash? And I box everything up very nice and uh-huh. secure and bags and all that. But... What's the typical response uh, from the day hiker who's approached by Gingerball saying, hey, would you mind packing my waist out? They, they always say, yeah. I, I've never had anybody say, I mean, I've gotten some sideways glances, but I'm like, <laughs> can you? I'm like, I'm out here for seven days. Take three pounds off my... What are the know? chances that they just left it behind a rock? Well, I hope not, because then it's like kind of on me. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's a good point. I guess you just got to trust them, but... Yeah, every time they've always said yes. So yeah, what what did you look like when you asked them? I mean, you you I'm like not weeks, a, I'm weeks not out a, of a shower. Yeah. Or, or? Okay, so this, this trail, <laughs> I went 300 miles with no shower and 400 with no um, laundry. So at the end of that, your clothes were walking by themselves at that point. Uh, I was well, I'd wash them in rivers. Okay. With yeah. no soap, just jump in and right. I, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, this one I, I went. I went some long stretches, and I'd wake up every morning with a fine layer of red dust over everything and so you know you know you're snotting it out you're coughing and it's just in everything mm-hmm. it's that utah red desert you right know? so now what did you know about the hay duke before taking it on what, what what did your research consist of so i had seen the video mm-hmm. uh figure on the hay duke um and I'd, I'd watched it a bunch but to be honest with you like I don't know. I just, I didn't learn much from it. I didn't pay attention. Let me say that. Okay. I didn't pay attention because I watched it. The day after I got off trail, I watched it again. I'm like, damn it. I did the exact, I made the same mistakes. Um, so I could have paid more attention to it. But it's a great intro. Like, hey, if you mm-hmm. want to do this trail. Um, well, I think, I think even if you had paid more attention during that first viewing, you still didn't have the context. That's what it is. You had I, don't, the, I don't have after the After con- doing the hike, you had the context. Now I'm like, I know exactly where right. he's at. Right. I know why he didn't fit, see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Skirka's got some stuff. Mm-hmm. Andrew Skirka's got some stuff online. Bought that. Um, you know, it kind of tells you pre-trail, during trail, post. You know, all this stuff. So there's a lot of good information there. There's a book out. Um, it's a little dated. Um, written by Mike. Um, I can't remember his last name, but he's the one that kind of created the trail. Okay. Um, and I actually called him uh, the day I got off trail. I randomly on the book it says he works at this place in Moab. So I. Google it and call he answers the phone. And have to, I have to know Ginger Balls, did you did you call him to curse him out? So no. <laughs> not at that point. If I'd called him like month a month before, I'd been like, Yes, we have a problem. Um, but no, I called him just to thank him and like um, it's just such a unique trail and he was very receptive. Loved uh, somebody who just finished the trail calling him and be like, dude, I loved it. And he had a lot of good questions for me, like you know, what did I do in certain parts of the trail? Like, how'd you get around that? What'd you do? Because there's a lot of that figured out, and mm-hmm. everybody kind of does it differently. Mm-hmm. And I told him, and um, it was really cool. Like, I actually got a little choked up. As soon as he answered, 
I was like, is this Mike? <laughs> and he's like, no, actually, I wasn't choked up then. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, all right, hang on a second. I just finished the trail, you know. No, I, and I will admit, yeah, I got a little choked up just talking to him because I just finished that trail. And right. it was, a, it was a, for me, it was a big deal. So, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Commander Ginger Balls. Crying you're, like a baby. You're, you're soft, you're uh, soft I'm, inside. I love it. I love it. I am. I'm, I'm crying like a baby. Do you think he's going to do an update to the book based on your, your uh, no. commentary? No, probably not. <laughs> But I, I think everybody wants to keep it a little vague. Even yeah. Skirka's stuff, um, there's a lot of good detail in there, but it's it's a little vague, and I think that may be on purpose. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't want... I wouldn't want a, a beginner hiker going out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just some really dangerous spots. Like, I kind of feel like you got to... Yeah. you got to be, you know, strong. Like, I, I'd recommend anybody, if you're going to go do it, take a bouldering class, take a basic climbing class. Uh, you're not climbing with ropes, but you, you kind of—if you know some handholds and how to kind of support yourself—it go a long way. And definitely do push-ups and pull-ups and mm-hmm. build up that upper body a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Skirka? Have you ever met? Skirka? No, I haven't. He was out there the same time I was. Okay. And we were like a day around. People were like, "Skirka was right over there." I was like, "Yeah, I kind of like to say, hey, let's talk about your product that I bought off you." No, no, it'd have been great to to meet him. He's very, you know, he's a very popular hiker. He's done a lot of good things for the community. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he's also done the Barkley Marathons. Has he? I think so. Yeah. And so I'm I'm intrigued by him in that he's done a couple of of, uh, really difficult activities that have a lot of mystique around them. Barkley yeah. Marathons, there's a lot of secrecy to it. Oh, yeah. And the entrance process, very, very vague. So the in- entrance process, did you have somebody on that did Barkley? Yes. Who was that? So, uh, Jeff Garmeyer, yes. legend. He had did legend it. on. So yeah, I listened and, to that. And Mike Wardian was also on it. So he, I, didn't, did. I didn't listen to the Wardian one, but I listened to the Jeff, I listened to Legends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know about that whole process of even getting in. Yeah. And then you asked him, like, alright, so what is it? And he's yeah. like, He's super vague, oh, yes. and like, and that's part of it. Yeah, you know. So I come from a very strong distance background, running, uh-huh. Ironman, triathlon, all that. So I am interested in, um, especially now as a through hiker, I'm interested in the Barkley. But I'll be honest, man, I'm kind of scared of it. I think you should. Be. I, I, th- I think you are. I think you're correct. That yeah. You should be. Yeah. Like it's not. It's not fun. That's type four. Okay. <laughs> type, type four. Fun. We're coming up with type four fun now. That's like. I'm embarrassed to say I even tried to do that. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe uh, at some point I'll, I'll try it. But I mean, I've, I've watched the Netflix video, yeah. and that was big a couple years ago. And uh, yeah, we we just stumbled upon the the episode title. Really? Yeah, it is. It's Ginger Balls mm-hmm. and Type Four Fun. There you go. There I you like go. it. All right, <laughs> well, that's the one we really don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, I have talked to three people now who have uh, done done they participated in the Barkley marathons and all world-class athletes i mean warden was outside magazines outsider of the year right and he has yet to finish more than more than more than one loop yeah Yeah. it it kicks your ass and so anything that does that to world-class athletes you should be scared yeah yeah so maybe i'm a little sick just for even considering it but i I don't know you know it's like hey you don't know what you don't know so go into it and but I, I've thought about that because the AT goes real close by there in Tennessee yes very close yeah Fro- okay, Frozen I'm, Head State Park in Tennessee I, I like the AT I can do this so here's what you do you, you apply for another job you get turned down and you say you know what I'm so pissed off I'm going to go do the Barclays I'm going to do the Barclays that is funny Like that's <laughs> something about my personality that I get turned down for some job I don't even really want 
but I'm so mad that they didn't pick me. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go do the hardest thing I can think of at the moment. So yeah, all right. yeah. Any any future potential employers of Ginger Balls, don't tell him no. You're not. You don't know what he's gonna do to himself. That's right. I'm gonna go torture myself on a trail. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I would love to hear from Skirka and just hear you know his experience on both the Hey Duke and yeah. and, and the Berkeley and uh, you know from all accounts he's just a fantastic guy. So, uh. all right. Um, so, in, other than the book and watching the video, you just kind of went into it, uh, knowing yeah. where that where you start and where you finish. And so I, I I nailed my resupply. So I mailed I think seven or eight packages off. Um, I, I was never without food. Every time I got to the town, I'm like, yeah, I had a one day extra. Then mm-hmm. I had, so I nailed that part part of it. But when you don't have water, I don't care how much food you have, right? It's 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 useless. And a lot of the trail is very very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just kind of went in. I did you know I did my research, and then I was like, yeah, I, I'll figure this out. And that's the that's the cool thing about this trail is the whole figure it out right yeah. right how did your gear differ on the hey duke than from your traditional long trail um same backpack same shoes um different tent so i told you i, I switched tents so i wanted a freestanding tent because i knew some days i'd be sleeping on a rock and i can't mm-hmm. i can't put it in um so i went with a different tent uh clothing wise oh so i went with a big floppy hat this year okay um just keep the sun off me i went with a bamboo uh, long sleeve shirt with a with a hood on it. It's you know, UV protects you against UV rays. So I went with that. That was a good thing. Um, quick drying keeps you cool, but also just keeps that sun off you. Right. Is that the bamboo property? It's quick yeah, drying. It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I you know I did that, but that, those are the big things. It was a floppy hat. I usually hike in a ball cap, but this mm. year I went with a floppy hat. Um, went with that bamboo shirt. Um, other than that. Pretty much all my gear was the same. I had extra water, uh, capability of extra water carry. Mm-hmm. I had a couple extra bags. Oh, and I'll tell you, here's one thing I did very different this year, and I'm going to continue doing it. I didn't use plastic water bottles. Um, I'm not a super echo, you know, trying to save the world guy, but I do recognize that, hey, I don't need to add to any bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I didn't use plastic water bottles. I used these, uh, I found these aluminum ones, and they worked amazing. Really? Yeah. So I had a, two aluminum ones. Um, clean, they clean very well, and the best thing about them, and I didn't plan this, is it gets super cold out there at night. So I'd pull out my jet boil, I'd boil water, I'd pour it in that aluminum, screw it, put it right next to my chest and sleep, and it, it was big. It's big. That was I was like, this is the smartest thing I've ever done, and I didn't even plan to do it. But um, that might be that might be a pro tip. It, that's a pro tip is that right free, there. Is that a free pro that's tip? That's a free pro tip. Actually, okay. that might have been my pro tip for this <laughs> Uh-oh, episode. we got to think of something else. <laughs> but I, I'm going to tell you, that was... Um, so, one, I'm not using all these water bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using the exact same aluminum. It's very lightweight. It's not... And, uh, you know, I can pour that hot water in there and then just sleep with it. And I'd get an extra... I'd get a good three hours on that bottle. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's too hot at first. So, probably about 15 minutes. I'm like, ah, it's too hot. It's too hot. But then, you know, once you fall asleep, it's like it just warms up your whole everything in your in your bag. So, yeah, definite pro tip there. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Game changer. I might have to look yeah. into that. Yeah. You have a particular brand? Um, so, I use a brand. It's like Pathway or Path something. And okay. Their tagline is uh, reuse, not, no, I don't know. Refill, not landfill. Oh, that's nice. it. That's their tagline. And nice. I'm like, 
you know all right so because i know how many smart water bottles i go through mm-hmm. on a trail and i'm like all right well i'll do this one a little different so i i'm gonna do the rest of, i'm gonna continue using mm-hmm. uh aluminum water bottles uh, on all my hikes you better be careful you're gonna get yourself a reputation as a echo warrior echo warrior huh? that's right that's fine i'll, I'll take yeah. that that's yeah there are worse things to be called that's right, right? that's true okay very good. So what was what was the start date and the end date? How many days did it take you to do this? So it was, it was a little over six weeks. Um, and I'll talk about the, the finish, too, because you, you don't have the traditional finish this year. But um, So I started April 15th, and I finished on well, just a couple days ago. So yeah. May 30th or whatever. Today's the first, June 1st. So, yeah, so a couple days ago. Um the finish this year, or probably for the rest of, for, for forever, is you're supposed to go to the Weeping Wall, but there's a giant rock slide that's closed that trail. So now it's like, once you come into Zion, let's pick your own finish. Um, and I got to tell you, that day before I finished was a super difficult day on the trail. It kind of encapsulated the entire trail into one day. Um, started out with, you know, I was in a canyon with no water and slept it slept in it climbed out then it was this dirt deep sand dirt road walk with no water um you know about one o'clock in the afternoon i just pulled over the side and i had like half a liter i'm like all right well i'm gonna drink this and we'll see what happens car comes by i jump out with my water bottle they're like you need water i'm like yeah and these guys had heard of the hey duke so we sat there and talked for 30 minutes and i'm just like they just keep filling my water bottle i'm just like yep i'll tell you anything you want to know <laughs> keep telling stories yeah. and they had known about the hey duke they'd met somebody years before um it was awesome just talking to these guys they were super interested, taking pictures of my gear asking me all the you know super hiker questions and um so that kind of got me going again and then had to climb down into a canyon couldn't figure out how to get down there i'm like was it finish tomorrow what and i thought i was gonna be in zion at lunchtime 10 o'clock at night i finally got to zion i mean it was like this difficult and then once i climbed down the canyon it was knee deep the whole time and then if you've watched the video they climb out of something called fat man's misery and they couldn't find it and i was like oh i got this i know exactly where this thing is and i get there and i look i'm like there it is and I climb out of this canyon, I get to the top, I'm like, that wasn't it, damn it. Oh, no. And I climb down, and I walk down the river, and my GPS is kind of wonky in that canyon. I'm like, it's right here. I just Some grapevines grew over this little, it just blocked it. I just couldn't see it. I could see like four other options, but not that one. And then uh, I was like, damn it, it's right there. And I went through these uh, grape leaves, and all of a sudden, and it's not a difficult climb out. I mean, I guess if you're a fat guy. Yeah, but compared to everything I've, I've done on the trail, I'm like, this right. is the e- the hard part's finding it. Right. <clears throat> and when you walk down that river, then you got to come back. That flow, even if it's knee deep, I was like, oh, I kind of made a mistake here. So it just took me forever and ever. And then when I got to Zion, actually, I went to bed at 1030 at night, and I was on Zion property somewhere, but not anywhere no anybody could ever find me and then i came out to the road at 3 30 in the morning in zion and uh i'm like all right so go this way there's a gate to get out of here i'll go this way i'll go to angel's landing and i thought angel's Landing was a little closer got there in the morning there's a three-hour wait to climb angel's landing and i just said i'm done i mean i i just hiked all through zion like right. way longer than i would have if i had gone to the official finish and so I just, I went to this place and had breakfast in that little Springdale, whatever it is, right outside of Zion. And I just ate 
a few breakfasts and then I went and got a six pack. A few breakfasts. I did. I did. <laughs> and then I had a six pack of IPA and uh, I just worked, you know, worked my way to Vegas. So, yeah, nice. that's crazy. Nice. Yeah, that last day in Zion, well, the, the, the day before, sounds like the entire Hey Duke in a microcosm. It was. Yeah. And I thought that the whole time. Like, I thought this was going to be easy. I'm done. I'm looking. I'm, that's the problem on the Hey Duke. If you look too far ahead, you're going to get caught. You just got to bring it back and concentrate on where you're at right now, what steps you're taking, where you're putting your feet. If you start thinking ahead, you're going you're gonna to get lost, injured maybe, yeah. or just put in a situation you don't want to be in. So. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Yep. When we come back, we're going to get to the stories. All right. I know, you, I know you've got some stories. So Sounds good. Here we go. The John Freakin' Muirpod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence-inspiring education that empowers outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance and durability enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident in. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultralight. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your pod- podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. All right, welcome back. We are talking to Ginger Balls, who is fresh off the Hey Duke Trail. We've heard about all of uh, all of the events leading up to and and some of the stories, uh, a little bit of the stories on the trail. But now I want to get into some some nitty gritty. And nice. I know you I know you've got a number of things you want to share. You were sharing your experience on Instagram. Yes, you were posting a lot of stuff oh, uh, yeah. from the Hey Duke. Beautiful pictures. Yes, absolutely. Go yeah. go follow uh, Ginger Balls. Yeah. On Instagram, your handle is at hiking underscore ginger underscore b. Okay, yeah. you see you see some great photos from his from his trip, and one of the photos you posted was your tent set up next to a cave. Yeah, that was early I slept on. In a cave. You slept in a cave. I slept yeah, in a cave. and you you were messaging me. Yeah, on Instagram when it was you... very surreal. I was, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I got to say this trail. I had some amazing campsites. I almost built every day when I'm hiking. It's like, how far are you going to go? I'm like, until I find this really awesome campsite. And sometimes it was 6 p.m., sometimes it was 8 p.m. I, but every campsite I had was amazing. Um, but, yeah, one night I slept in a cave, and um, 
you know, it had been dug out by humans at some point and whatever, but I just went in there and set up and, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, and, and there's a lot of times I slept in, like, uh, kind of alcoves off that red rock. Mm-hmm. Almost the same thing, but this was, like, a legit cave cave. Like, mm-hmm. you go back into it and, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. There wasn't anything else living in that cave, was there? No. I mean, people had been there, but no. Okay. No bats. Okay. That's oh, what I oh. was worried about. Yes. Was, there's a lot of bats out there in that desert. Um, and, you know, at night when you're setting up, you just start seeing them flying around. They're mm-hmm. just eating all the little bugs and all that. But a lot of bats out there. So, yeah, no bats in that cave, though. Okay. So that was good. Yeah. All right. So let, let's talk about some stories. What do you What do you have for us? Um, quicksand's real. Did you know that? Quicksand is real. Yeah, did you know this? Uh, I, okay, so I, look. I've heard of quicksand. So, me too. But yeah. growing up, it's like scooby-doo or lone ranger or whatever three like, stooges three stooges like yeah. you fall in quicksand you if you struggle you just keep and then so as an adult i'm like i had never even thought i hadn't thought of quicksand in 30 years so on the maps you know the government maps because i had maps i had gps i had i had all i had like three different ways to navigate um but on the maps would be like danger quicksand area i'm like what the hell is this quicksand area so then in the, the Hey Duke book, when, once I got to that area, their advice was, there's quicksand in this area. If you step in it, get out of it quickly. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> really? I, I needed this book to tell me? Yeah, that book's helpful. <laughs> so it, be kinda, it became a joke to me on the trail. And you got to realize, I'm out there for five to seven days alone, not seeing any other humans. So I'm talking to myself and doing whatever I want to do because no one's around. But every time I'd step in mud and go up to my knee, I'd be like, quicksand, get out quickly. So that was just my <laughs> mantra. Every time I stepped in mud, whether it was quicksand or not, I would be like, quicksand, get out quickly. So I always got out quickly. That's... So, I mean, did you ever encounter quicksand? You know, I got out so fast, I don't know. Okay. Like, right, it could have been quicksand. However, there's one stretch on the trail that I guess a couple years ago a cow had, because there's a lot of cows on the, on the trail as well, um, had got into quicksand couldn't get out died and so then it's bones you know coyotes and everybody came and ate it and the birds but then it's bones were on the top of the quicksand and i looked for that i couldn't see it. i really wanted that picture like that's quicksand so did i actually step in quicksand i'd like to say yes a lot of times but i got out quickly because so. you followed directions it's so stupid though the book says if you step in quicksand get out quickly i'm like really <laughs> that's your advice how about tell me where the quicksand is but i think it's more like you know, when you're in the... Because a lot of times you do a river walk where you're just walking through a river for all day. And on the edges, it gets real, real... Down the middle, it's all sand and rocks. But on mm-hmm. the edges, um, yeah, it gets pretty nasty. So I, I don't know. I guess that's where it'd be. But this was a dry year. So maybe I did never see quicksand. Yeah. Without the... Uh, with it being so dry, it turned into slow sand. I guess. And, and there was a lot of deep sand walking. Yeah. Like, I'd take my shoes off and dump out sand, a, a cup of sand easily all the time it, it's kind of kind of crazy that's, um, that's, that sounds that does not sound like a lot of fun so there you go so quick, quicksand is real if, you know, if everybody thought it was okay. just on cartoons no quicksand is real okay and it's on the hey duke so watch your, watch yourself on the hey duke for that very good now i remember <laughs> watching uh figure it out on the hey duke trail uh the youtube documentary and these guys are climbing down into canyons yeah. and having to find a way down. Like you said, there's no there's no clearly marked trail. 
and you've got to figure it out out there. Did you find yourself in any precarious situations uh, having yeah. to get into a canyon or out of a canyon, or did you have to do some serious backtracking like they did in, in the, in the so documentary? I think I have two stories, and maybe in the same section. I know one day I had to go like over 15, I got cliffed out 15 times, over and over and over. Go, T- you know, tell, us, tell us what cliffed out means. So you're walking down the canyon, and it's where water has created everything, and you come to an edge, and it just drops off. Could be five feet, could be, there's one part, I think it's 150 feet. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, I carried a, a line, a uh, 550 paracord, about 30 feet. So I could, you just take your backpack off, you lower it down that 10 feet, and then you kind of monkey down and figure it mm-hmm. out. One time it took me, over an hour I lowered my backpack with my rescue beacon on it and my cell phone in it lowered it down I was like oh this will be easy and then I just could not figure out how to get down now when you lower it down you also let go of the rope you, 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 lot, throw, lot, you, you throw the rope down after it that time I did normally I wouldn't okay but that time I did once you do that you're fully committed right because on this one I was like oh this is easy it's only 12 feet right but there's like all these boulder uh, uh, bowling ball sized rocks down there so if I jumped that 12 feet good chance I'm gonna break an ankle mm-hmm. so then you know I had a wall I could climb and I tried that and I, I found out that I'm real good at climbing up but then I'm like that cat that the, the, uh, the fire service has to come rescue I get too high and I can't come down I mean I had to come down but I was just like damn it so then I for an hour I tried all these different ways to get down that 12 feet couldn't figure out finally I found an old dead tree I jammed it down I monkeyed two seconds I climbed down that thing after sitting there an hour trying to figure out and I did multiple ways of trying like backtracking climbing um, so that one was bad and then the other one was uh, I lowered my pack down and I knit, I let go of the rope because I'm like I have to go this way like no, no there's way. no other choice yeah. walked around for you know a good 15 minutes couldn't figure it out and there's just this little tree about 5 feet off the cliff and I just talked to that tree and said alright you're my buddy Okay, just to be clear, this tree was growing from the bottom but of, 30, of, of the canyon, about right? About 30 feet up. So the tree, you see a tree five feet off of the cliff yeah. that is growing 30 feet down. Right. And, and we had a conversation. I'm like, you, you, and the tree, you and the tree had a conversation? Me and the tree had a conversation. I'm like, I'm not going to hurt you. Just hold me. So I jumped off and I grabbed it, bear hugged it. And that thing leaned out over the entire canyon. And I was like, it's going to snap. It didn't. It came right back up, and then I just shimmed down. But then I get done. I'm like, that's so dumb. Like, that is just dumb. But, I mean, there's, I just couldn't figure out. I bet there was an easier way to get down. And I'd like to talk to some other Haydukers that did it this year. Like, what would you do in that spot? Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I did in that spot. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's, a, there's just a lot of that on the Hayduke. Taking some risks that you just, you're not comfortable with, but it's like, what else are you going to do? Was that the most dangerous moment on the trail? I, th- I, I think that whole section right there, yeah. It was a lot of like, even if you have to go around, there's a lot of shale, and you're just sliding down. And, I mean, so if you if you lose your footing in that little area right there, or in a lot of area, you, you could have some real problems. Yeah, but that moment while you were in the air between the cliff and the tree. It was like 30 seconds. It's only five. It's, it's stretched it was out, five, huh? It was five feet, but it, I think it's thirty seconds. I was in the air, slow motion, and then as soon as I grabbed that tree and it leaned over from my weight, I was like, I, I fucked up. But it brought me back. I think the conversation I had with the tree was what solved it. It brought me back, and then I just shimmy down, like, all right, cool. Didn't break any branches. 
we're all good. Okay. Yeah. So. Eco warrior. Uh, Eco warrior. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What was your favorite national park? You know, I'd, I'd only been to the Grand Canyon last year mm-hmm. and at the rim, like a total tourist looking down. Uh-huh. I got to say Grand Canyon, man. I did 150 miles in the Grand Canyon. It's beyond belief for, for me. Like, I, the toughest hiking I've ever done, but the most beautiful and most remote. Because once you get down mm-hmm. there to the bottom, there's no one else down there. It's just, it takes you too long to get down there. And the only people I'd see are the boat people, which is... They're your friends. Uh-huh. And I got two cool uh, boat adventures. So I came down off of uh, Naka Weep, which is the east side of Grand Canyon. It was like 11 miles. It took me a long time to get down there. And then once I got down, I was thirsty. So I started following this deer trail to get to the river. I come out like I'm Sasquatch, right? Fighting these reeds. They come to the river, and there's two boats there. And these ladies are like, oh, my God, where'd you come from? And I was like, eh, that's a long story. But I need, <laughs> I need to get across the river. And they're like, of course we'll take you across the river. And they were from Texas. I'm a Texan originally, uh-huh. and um, they give me a they give me a beer, and uh, they're like, "Well, we can't get right across. We'll take you down a couple miles." I'm like, "All right, saving me bushwhacking, cool." So they were dunking me in these rapids because they put me on the very front of the boat, dunking me in the rapids. That was a lot of fun. And then towards the end, on the western side, same thing. I'm coming down the river. And I get cliffed out. I can't. I can't get around this cliff that juts out over the river. Yeah. Did you tell these guys that you were a a trained whitewater rafting guide? No, but I sent it to some friends that knew how pissed off I was. I'm like, look at me. I'm drinking a beer. I don't need to to be the guide. I'm down here on the river. That that was a trick from Jamie Campos, who loves the Grand Canyon, a lot of time in the Grand Canyon. (laughs) But he says, get your beer from the guys on the river. Oh, 100%. They they will share. They are amazing guys down there. But the second time... I got cliffed out. I couldn't get around. So mm-hmm. it was like, if I tried to do it and I fell, I'm in this 45-degree water, which is not good, and getting swept downstream. So I just sat there, and I waved down some boats. They came over, and um, they opened, They happened to own a gear store in Aspen, Ute Sports, Ute, Ute Mountaineering. And they took me down the river. We just talked. They loved what I was doing. I loved what mm-hmm. they were doing. I tried to learn about whitewater rafting, told them my sad story about uh-huh. But not getting hard. I'm holding on to that a little too You much. are, a little bit. A little bit. I'm, I'm letting it go now. I'm letting <laughs> okay. It go. You got it out of your system. <laughs> I'm out. Um, but yeah, those two little adventures. Because the Hey Duke is definitely build your own adventure. Uh-huh. And so if you go a couple miles on a boat, that's part of the adventure. And it, I met some amazing. Those two groups were pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I hope our listeners are enjoying the dog the barking dog, in, the, in the background. This is what happens when you're in a public place uh, outside. So. Not sure where that's coming from, but we'll we'll keep carrying on here. All right. All right. There we go. <laughs> what else? What other stories? What else stands um, out from the trip? You know, that's about it. I, I, I met some a lot of amazing people. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you one. Um, so once I hit, you share the Arizona Trail for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'd come, what did I come out of? Buckskin Gulch, which is an amazing slot canyon, like 13 miles of slot canyon. Mm-hmm. And you come out, and then you hit the Arizona border, and then you share. That's where the, the AZT, the Arizona Trail, finishes. So I came up there, and the next day I ran with 12 people finishing the Arizona Trail. And I'm like, I haven't seen people in forever. This is cool. And they're all super happy. And two of them I've known from other trails. Oh, really? Over the years. Small so, world. So a little shout out to uh, Dirty Avocado and Weezer. Um, I, I just 
tend to run into them every year I hike. And we're never doing the same trail. We're always going the opposite way, but um yeah i ran into them on that trail it was kind of cool so dirty avocado that's a trail name for you right yeah there. Uh, yeah dirty a <laughs> dirty a like that can go different ways yeah, yeah no she i think it's something like she likes really likes avocado and like she drops them on the dirt she'll still eat it or something i don't know okay. something i'll let her let her tell you okay if you ever talk to her but dirty yeah, avocado her and weezer were finishing that next day or that day i met him i think and then um it was just kind of cool come around the corner and they're like mm-hmm. what i'm like oh my god again yeah so every year i tend to run into these two ladies so mm-hmm. So, a lot of difficulty, a lot of uh, struggles out on the Hey Duke. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about uh, the other side of it. Let's talk about uh, moments of beauty. I'm getting to the the impromptu top five list right now. Can you you find five minutes from the Hey Duke where you you can appreciate uh, the sights, the beauty, the moment? So, if anybody goes to my Instagram page, it looks like I hiked with this high-speed camera catcher and all this it was just an iphone and i look at the pictures i'm like that's great but it has doesn't compare to the actual what i was actually seeing mm-hmm. um and around every corner was a postcard moment and mm-hmm. i'm taking pictures like oh my god this is the best thing i've ever seen go around the corner it's the best thing you've ever seen mm-hmm. um it's pretty unreal when you get way back in there and there's no tourists and it's just this natural beauty um but i gotta tell you so the there's one part dark canyon Highly recommend it uh, to your listeners to go do. But the way you come in on the Hey Duke, I don't recommend. But you come in this Young's Canyon, hard to find, slot canyon, tr- route finding for a day and a half or two days. Then you get into Dark Canyon, um, which is incredibly beautiful. So that section really stood out to me. Um, it's probably three days. You mentioned the Grand Canyon already. Yeah. I mean, that's 150 miles in the Grand Canyon. Like, I've got to go back. Yeah. Um, Somebody needs to get that dog. Yeah. Um, Coyote Gulch. Okay. So, very popular, but it's hard to get to. So, the people you meet down in there are, they've done some work. Uh huh. So, um, and, you, and you, I, the way I came in, you know, I was in the desert and then I hit Escalante River. So, I had to, I had to walk through the Escalante River for 25 miles. Wow. It was crazy. I was like, 25 miles of this. Okay. It starts out, it's like ankle deep, like cool. And then just, you know, as you're going down, it starts getting faster pools you fall into go over your head but um really beautiful i love that escalante river to coyote gulch uh part okay and then i got slot canyons i'd never hiked slot canyons i mean sometimes my backpack and me would barely fit seriously that narrow that narrow wow for miles and miles and miles and it's it's beautiful did you get claustrophobic? No, I didn't. No, people people ask me that. I'm like, no. And I always kind of looked at the weather before I went in. And Smart. actually, one of them that was <clears throat> the hardest one to find, it starts out literally six inches across by six inches deep. I walked by it all afternoon. I couldn't find it. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to set up my tent. I don't want to go down this canyon at night because what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Next morning, same thing. I'm walking by this little, and it just kind of grows and grows and then the, the walls are 300 feet high it, I love that so I've never been experienced to that uh-huh. um, so I, I love that part of it so I gotta say slot canyons um, and then out of the national parks besides Grand Canyon uh, so Bryce the trail only does the southern part of Bryce I left the trail and went up and did the northern part just cause I'd been up top and looked down like hey I wanna hike that someday and I was right there so I only added maybe 10 miles in my hike but yeah I went all up in there and 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Bryson's pretty cool. Some bonus miles for you. Yeah. Just in case you didn't have enough. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe I did eight, 810. 810 miles on go. the Hey Duke. Or on and off the Hey Duke. There you go. Very good. Is that five? That's five. Okay. Very good. So you know where we are, Ginger Balls? Where's that? Uh, you're a frequent pro listener. Tip? You know when I ask that question where pro we are. Pro tip? I That's already right. told my pro tip. It's the aluminum bottles. Oh, and that, you, you, right. you used that one early. We need uh, a, we need another one. So I don't want to influence anyone to go hike the Hey Duke. I don't want that on me, all right? Okay. If anybody wants to go hike the Hey Duke, go do it because you want to. But I want you to prop. Here's my pro tip. Make sure you really prepare. Like I said, uh, bouldering class, rock climbing class, just to learn some holds and how to support yourself. And just watch every step you take on that trail, because as soon as one of those little rocks go, um, you know you might go with it. Might end up in some quicksand. Yeah, or you could, if you find them in quicksand, just get out of it quickly. Get out of it quick. Yeah, that can't, um, that, that's not your pro tip. No, my, my pro tip <laughs> is honestly just if you're going to go do this trail, just be very careful. I, I don't want people to look at my pictures on Instagram like, wow, this is super beautiful. It is. I, I didn't post all the road walking and the like the video I did some videos of me like climbing down a 10 foot little thing that's fine I didn't do the ones that were so hard I didn't want to set up my camera and go back and do it again right those are the ones I didn't post I just posted the ones like yeah I could do this again no problem it's safe but there's some I'm like okay I did that once I'm not going to do it again so um, that's my pro tip if you're going to go do the hey duke be as safe as possible okay what this might tie in with this what muscles hurt after the hey duke that didn't necessarily hurt after the uh, pct or the at yeah so a lot of upper body stuff yeah um really there's times i'd wake up in the morning and i'm like man i i feel like i went to the gym yesterday and it's because i did a whole day of bouldering mm-hmm. or a whole you know whatever just using that upper body i felt on the at i, I could barely do two pull, pull-ups after the at because i just wasn't using my upper body on mm-hmm. this one i think i could still go crank out 10 or 15. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I maintain. I lost a ton of weight, but I, I maintained some strength yeah. because I needed it all the time on that trail. When you started the trail after your bout with COVID, what was your weight going in? Um, Probably like, I got a little thin, so probably like 155. Okay, and what were you down to when you exited the trail? Maybe 145. Okay. But in the few days that I've been in Los Angeles, I've already put on five pounds because all I'm doing is eating. It's like a tour of Los Angeles. Like, where do you want to go eat? And my daughter asked me every day, where do you want to go eat? I'm like, yes, let's just go. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go to another place. So we, you and I just ha- had dinner. Yeah. My, back in my mind right now, I, I'm just going down the street. I'm going to have another dinner. So, yeah. So, uh, Elena Osborne, who goes yes. by Tip Top, Tip Tap, uh-huh. uh, New Zealander. So she's a Kiwi. She'll yep. appreciate this comment. The Hey Duke Trail has turned you into a hobbit. What, what does that mean? Hobbit is uh, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And they're they're little folk, but they they, uh, eat. they, they eat constantly. So okay, it's, I'm a, it's I'm not a just hobbit. it's not just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's it's early breakfast, late breakfast, I, early lunch, late I'm lunch. I'm 100% a hobbit. And <laughs> shout out to her. Like she did a video of the PCT the year I did it. Mm-hmm. Dude. They'll bring you to tears. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big, like you said, I'm a big softie. You already called me out. But seriously, that video, the one long video she did was amazing. She's got some talent. Yeah, she does. And it blew me away how good she put that all together. It's a little bit bit different than than any other videos out there. She has her own style. She captured the PCT. I watched that after I finished. I was like, dude, you nailed it. So shout out to Elena there, Tip Tap. Um, Great video. Love that thing. Very good. So there you have it. That's it. Episode 24, Season 2 is in the books. 
Hope our listeners enjoyed our time catching up with Ginger Balls and hearing about the Hey Duke Trail. I want to thank him for joining us this week. Jeebs, remind our listeners one more time how they can keep up with you on social media and where they can find updates on your latest adventures. Yeah, so I just really use uh, Instagram. I'm not I'm not on YouTube or anything. Um, so uh, hiking underscore ginger underscore B. Um, follow along. You want to follow the adventures? I got more adventures coming up this year. So uh, yeah, what's next? Oh, did we, we, did we, we cover that? We I don't did, think we covered that. We didn't that. talk that. No, what's what's next for Ginger? So Bulls? possibly I'm going to go build trail for the new presidential library, um, Theodore Roosevelt, up in um, North Dakota, just for like three, four weeks, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go hike the Pacific Northwest Trail. So glacier all the way to the Pacific Ocean is kind of the next trail I'm going to do. I'm already preparing for it, getting the permits. So I got the food ordered. Um, it's all delivered to my son's house. I'm going to box it up and mail it off, but. I'm probably going to go build some trails for like three, four weeks. A friend of mine got a contract and called me. I'm like, I'm like it's kind of good timing. Let some snow melt on that trail. Mm-hmm. I don't need to make that thing any harder than it's going to be. So let the snow melt, and I'll go build trail and, you know, do something cool. So Excellent. The Theodore Roosevelt Presidential Library. Yeah. So Theodore Roosevelt, as you know, created the National Park System. Yes. After meeting with... John Muir and camping with John Muir. Really? Yeah. There you go. Look after at that. that conversation. Just full, brought it all full down. Circle. Full circle. Full circle. Love it. All right. Hey, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And I've just recently joined TikTok. Oh. So I'm calling it... Uh, You're like not, a teenage not, girl. Yeah, that's right. It's not my. It's not, the, it's not the official name, but I refer to it as Doc on the Talk. So oh, here we oh go. Oh, my goodness. And okay. If, if <laughs> a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm an old softy, you're a teenage girl because you're right. TikTok. <laughs> and if, uh, if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmuir at gmail.com. Jeeves, as always, I'm looking for a recommendation on some type of adventure media to keep our listeners connected to the trail. What do you have for us? It could be uh, yeah. any, any genre, book, so, movie. A lot, of, a lot of you probably follow Darwin on YouTube. He does a lot of like uh, gear reviews and all that. He's kind of started something new called Outdoor Evolution. Um I want to say it's a multimedia company, but he has a podcast called Outdoor Evolution Podcast. I, I like this style, the way he does mm-hmm. it. Um, he brings in a, a guest, mm-hmm. and they're not he's not interviewing the guests. They're talking about, they have topics, and mm-hmm. they cover them. Um, it's kind of a unique little format, and I really like it. Okay. So, yeah, a little shout-out to Darwin um, and Outdoor Evolution Podcast. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy that. Thank you. That is a wrap from the John Freaky Muir studio here in Playa Vista in in a park outside of a restaurant. Any shout-outs to friends and family, Ben? Um, I mean, obviously to my kids, Jordan, uh, my daughter, her boyfriend Sam, their dog, their crazy dog. I'm sleeping on their couch right now. So, yeah, their crazy dog that wakes me up every morning. And uh, then my son Josh, his wife Tawny, and my three little nuggets, three little grandkids. I get to see them here in a couple days in Kansas. So, Esme, Aura, and Bridget. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing all of them. So that's my shout-outs. Very good. I like yeah. that. All family-related family. right there. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember, the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you're in quicksand and you've got to get out fast. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Bye.